Taiwan reported 14 local COVID cases on Wednesday. Seven of them turned positive for COVID during isolation, while the other seven were found in the community. Half of Wednesday's cases were found in southern Taiwan, and three of them are linked to a cluster at an oil refinery in Kaohsiung. Let's hear from the CECC. Case 19863 works at Plant 4 at the oil refinery. Someone in his family had been listed as a contact of a COVID case, so he notified his company, which took action immediately and screened employees. We have reviewed security camera footage, and we saw that these two cases were in contact. One of them sneezed and was wiping his runny nose. You could see him blowing his nose. The other worker, case 19733, wasn't wearing a face mask then. Kaohsiung is now screening more than 2,000 workers at the oil refinery. Though the cluster has been traced back to other cases in the city, health officials are still investigating the origin of the outbreak. Bookings for the nation's 23rd round of vaccinations opened on Wednesday, offering shots of all four COVID vaccines authorized in Taiwan. Administering will begin next Monday, and health officials urge the public to get the vaccine to be protected against the disease. And so far, 99% of people aged between 18 and 29 have already received their first shot of COVID vaccine in Taiwan. We're at New Taipei Sanchong Civil Sports Center, where Pfizer is on offer as a first, second or third shot. People have flocked here to get their vaccine. I've looked at their effectiveness and it seems that Moderna is the best, but it's hard to find, so I chose Pfizer instead, which I think is also okay, so I came for my shot. At the beginning, I was considering Moderna and Pfizer. In the end, I went with Pfizer. I'll get whatever my kid booked me in for. People are getting their shots to be protected against COVID, and the share of people who have received a booster is gradually going up ahead of the government's plans to relax border controls for international travelers. The CECC also announced that bookings for the 23rd round of vaccinations opened on Wednesday. Older adults headed to local borough offices to book an appointment early in the morning. So far, 24.19% of all available Moderna doses have been booked, leaving just 580,000 slots. Meanwhile, 13% of Pfizer doses have been booked, leaving 573,000 doses available. About 8% of Medigen and 3.98% of AstraZeneca bookings are gone, leaving 116,000 and 22,000 doses available respectively. The booking system closes on Friday at noon, with administration to start on February 21st. Every day we must call on people who haven't been vaccinated or who are not fully vaccinated to get their shots as soon as possible. Vaccines are the best way to prevent severe symptoms and even death. The CECC urged members of the public to get their COVID shots. Currently, 99.9% of people in Taiwan aged 18 to 29 have received at least one shot of a COVID vaccine. A former doctor suggests that this demographic should be the first to enjoy fewer COVID restrictions regarding international travel. Say, if you're going to let people travel about, you start with the safest people, those with the lowest risk. Even if they are not vaccinated, most of the time they'd only get mild symptoms from Omicron, even milder when they are vaccinated. 
There are still a lot of breakthrough infections. If you want to go abroad, it's something worth observing. Vaccines can prevent severe symptoms, but do not grant absolute immunity against COVID. The CECC says vaccine coverage is not the only deciding factor to look at to lift travel restrictions. It's looking like quarantine-free vacations overseas are still far in the horizon. U.S. vaccine maker Moderna has announced an expansion into the Asia-Pacific with four subsidiaries in the region, including one in Taiwan. In a press release, the CEO was quoted as saying that Moderna is looking forward to new opportunities to leverage the company's mRNA platform to help solve health challenges in the Asia-Pacific. With a presence in 12 countries around the world, including Japan, South Korea and Australia, Moderna is known not just for its COVID vaccines. In its development pipeline are 40 mRNA-based vaccines and therapeutics targeting areas such as rare diseases, immune oncology and autoimmune diseases, 25 of which are now undergoing clinical trials. Moderna is expected to deliver 35 million doses of next-generation COVID vaccines to Taiwan, with 20 million this year and 15 million scheduled for next year. A group of lawmakers is calling on the government to cover the cost of quarantine hotel stays for context of COVID patients. Currently, central government regulations dictate that context of patients can stay at home as long as they have a single-person room to stay in. If that's not possible, contacts may go to a quarantine facility and the government would foot the bill. But some isolators have reported that local governments have set up even tighter guidelines, scrapping home isolation and leaving them with a quarantine hotel bill in the tens of thousands. New Power Party legislators Chou Xianzhi and Claire Wang called out in support of people ordered to self-isolate after coming into contact with confirmed COVID cases. They say isolating at quarantine hotels should come free of costs for COVID contacts, just like stays at government quarantine facilities, which are government-funded. It's simply outrageous, according to the CDC standards, as long as you can abide by the one-person-per-room rule, home isolation is allowed. If Xinjiu City wants to implement stricter rules, we're more than willing to comply. But then, shouldn't they be the ones covering any costs? A public health official said, we're really sorry, but if you're not a confirmed case and your test results are negative, you'll have to foot the bill to isolate at a quarantine hotel. As for the hotel's price range, you don't get to choose. People in isolation say their homes complied with the one-person-per-room rule from the central government, but they ended up staying in a quarantine hotel out of pocket. And quarantine hotels do not come cheap, at 2,000 NT per person per day, and factoring in central government subsidies of 1,000 NT per day, the bill still comes to 14,000 NT, and that's not counting a loss of income from being unable to go to work. Chu says people have raised concerns with him that a full stay at a quarantine hotel for a whole family would cripple the family finances. On Article 48, which concerns persons who have been in contact with patients affected by communicable diseases or who are suspected of being infected, nowhere does it say authorities may collect fees. Moreover, authorities should even compensate the losses borne by isolated and quarantined individuals. 
If people are forced to pay, many will be reluctant to scan real name registration QR codes. The special budget of around 26 billion NT has not been used for covering fees in quarantine facilities or quarantine hotels. Covering those would prevent people from becoming financially overburdened. And it would make contact tracing work less difficult. It's perfectly feasible. Lawmakers say fears over isolation costs could lead people to ignore name registration measures, making contact tracing harder. They call on a government to cover expenses in full for isolators, not just at quarantine facilities, but also at quarantine hotels. Last year, a flotilla of very special pebbles began washing up on Taiwan's shores. The pumice pebbles were the result of an eruption by an underwater volcano. The tiny pebbles arrive on Taiwan's shores by the tons. For Jilong in particular, it was overwhelming. But officials of the port city put their thinking caps on and found lots of uses for the pumice. Keep watching to find out how to recycle a volcano. These succulent bonsai are popular to brighten up stuffy offices. If you look closely, you see the plant is not in soil, but in a bed of small stones. These volcanic rocks came to Taiwan on a 2,000-kilometer sea journey. They erupted from Japan's Ogasawara Islands last year in 2021. An undersea volcano erupted. As soon as the magma erupted, it met water and formed rock. It was almost 2,000 kilometers away, so it's already been worn down, and all that's left is small pebbles. The pebbles were brought to Taiwan by ocean currents, landing on Orchid Island, Taidong, and the northeast coast, as well as washing up in larger quantity at Ilan beaches and Jilong Harbor, where they cause local fishermen major headaches. They float on the surface of the water. They're easily sucked up by propellers or stuck in filtration systems. They had to spend a long time cleaning. There were 350,000 tons at Jilong. The pumice pebbles clogging up the harbor were collected, and Jilong's Economic Affairs Department set to brushing up on the properties of the rock to make best use of them. Apart from making a great house for a succulent, pumice is permeable and very photogenic. It can even be spread on pathways. We sent some of the pumice up to Miaopub Mountain Path as an experiment. The rocks are hard, but also permeable. So far, we're very happy with the results. You can reuse these pebbles with a bit of DIY and introduce some geological science. In Chinese, the word for pumice sounds like blessings, making it a perfect lucky gift in a bottle. We use the sound of the word pumice to put them in these glass bottles. It will bring the owner a quickening of spirits and a change in their luck. The volcanic flotsam was initially a headache for fishermen in Jilong, but with a bit of creativity, it has a whole new lease of life as a unique gift. Taiwan's military is planning live-fire drills near Dongying Island after a Chinese Y-12 aircraft was spotted nearby earlier this month. Military officials say the exercises are part of routine training, but a closer look at the announcement reveals that other outlying island counties will also be included in the live fire drills. The timing of the announcements has raised speculation they may in fact be a response to the sighting of the Chinese plane. Lianzhang County is at the front line of defense for Taiwan's military. One of its islands, Dongying, lies just 60 kilometers away from China. 
Earlier this month, a Chinese aircraft was spotted in its vicinity. And last week, a Chinese TV program produced by the PLA offered an analysis of the island's defense capabilities. The Taiwanese military has the Dongying Command on Dongying Island, with more than 1,000 land, sea and air troops stationed. When the Taiwanese military detected an unidentified object flying near Dongying, they displayed no certainty or confidence. It just shows that the claim that the area has the densest air defenses in the world is untrue. On February 7th, two days after the Chinese Y-12 turboprop was seen near Dong-in, the Fisheries Administration posted an announcement for live fire drills scheduled in the area. The exercises will take place on March 16th and 17th from 8 a.m. to noon. During the drills, troops on Dong-in will carry out land missile exercises and projectiles may be fired up to a height of 6,000 feet. The Ministry of National Defense says the exercises on Dongin are part of routine training and not targeted. It says such exercises are carried out every year at regular intervals on Taiwan's outlying islands, including the Jinmen and Matsu Islands. The goal of the drills is to strengthen their defenses and train soldiers for battle. The military has denied a connection with the Chinese aircraft sighting on February 5th. But two days later, on February 7th, it announced live fire drills will take place in Dongin Island, Jinmen, and Uda in Penghu on March 16th and 17th. The announcement has been interpreted as a response to the approach of the Chinese aircraft. I think if China wants to use these grey zone tactics to threaten or test us, then China is misjudging the situation because our military is absolutely capable of responding to crises like these. It's just that due to humanitarian considerations, a single aircraft that does not pose an immediate threat would not be responded to with warning shots to prevent injuring the pilots and other crew members. The military expert says Taiwan's military is capable of responding to such incidents. He says that the military has adjusted its protocols for responding to the enemy to prevent China from using grey zone tactics to encroach on Taiwan's outlying islands. Starting September, high school students will no longer be required to attend morning group study session at school. The Ministry of Education says schools will be banned from requiring attendance to, acti to activities scheduled before the first period of the day, which must start no earlier than 8.10 a.m. Already, some schools have taken the initiative to not take attendance until 8.10, calling off compulsory morning group study sessions. Let's hear from a Taipei high school. At our school, students can come in at 10 past 8 a.m. on Monday and Friday. Other three days, they still have morning group study sessions. The rules now say you can't take attendance outside of class times. So if students are late, there are no punishments. While some schools have done away with compulsory morning group study sessions, others are keeping them but making attendance optional. At Taipei's Songshan Senior High School, students are encouraged to attend the sessions whose attendance can be used to cancel demerits. Taste of Europe is a video series featuring diplomats cooking European dishes. In the latest episode, Carlo Google, counselor and administration officer of the German Institute in Taipei, teaches everyone how to make German beef rolls. 
With salt, pepper, flour. Carlo Google, the counselor and administration officer of the German Institute Taipei, introduces the ingredients needed to make beef roulade, also known as beef roll. The recipe calls for salt, pepper, flour, pickled cucumber, cooking cream, butter, potatoes, bacon, beef, carrot, onion, garlic, mustard, and German black beer. One of us can peel the potatoes and the other yes. one the carrots. The first step is to peel the carrots and potatoes, then cut the potatoes and put the potatoes into the water to boil. Water to be hot. When you talk about German food, yes. um, what comes to mind for most people first is beer, beer pork knuckle, sauerkraut, of course, and sausage. Yes. Um, and I wanted to show something a bit different. Yes. Um, because all the food Germany is famous for uh, in yes. the world is all from the southern part. And um, so I wanted to show something from uh, a different region. Because I'm not from the south, mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty much from the center of Cent. Germany. It's a mountainous region and um, the winters are quite cold. Yes. So this is something you eat when it's getting cold. Salt it first. Then add a bit of salt and pepper onto the beef. After that, spread a bit of mustard on the beef. Then place the bacon on top of the beef and place the pickle on top of the bacon. Finally, it's time to roll the bacon and beef. And we use our needles to secure it. Very important is that we don't forget the needles. Just a, just, a, just a thin dusting. The next step is to add flour onto the roll and then put the roll into the frying pan. Then fry the onions, carrots and garlic and add a bit of German black beer. While it's in the oven, we can prepare the, the mashed potatoes. Okay, let's do it. I'll add some butter because Please. everything tastes better. It's about like two spoons of butter. And some cream. Like I said, it's, um, this is a dish for when it's cold. Yes. And uh, it's quite rich. Lastly, prepare the mashed potatoes by adding butter and some cream. After that, remove the needles from the roll, add the sauce on the side, and the dish is ready to serve. A new episode of Taste of Europe is released every Friday. In each episode, representatives from 15 EU member states will teach viewers how to make authentic European dishes from their home countries. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Botong in Taipei. It's strawberry season, and it means pink will be hitting menus up and down the country. Strawberry is the classic dessert flavor, of course, but have you ever thought of making strawberry your main meal? Or how about putting it in a burger? Well, one courageous breakfast shop owner has done the unthinkable, launching a strawberry hamburger for spring. Let's see what diners make of it. A pork steak dressed with black pepper sizzles on the grill. A pink beetroot bun is toasted. Slices of strawberry, lettuce and mango salad sauce complete the sweet and savory marvel. I think it's great. The ingredients are light and refreshing. The strawberries are seasonal and fresh. It's cool and refreshing with the mango sauce. Your average breakfast shop serves up a steady steam of savory meat and egg burgers. Customers are astonished by this strawberry and pork surprise. And you can gorge yourself on a strawberry drink too. This big pink milkshake with plenty of strawberry chunks has an Instagram-worthy faded color gradient to delight budding photographers. We expect to see sales growth of 20 to 30 percent. They're selling even more than normal hamburgers. 
Strawberry season is here, and this store has a unique way to serve this sweet fruit. Whether you're looking for a main meal, a dessert, or a unique highlight for a social media post, this hamburger is all three in one. Every spring festival, thrill seekers flock to Yanshui in Tainan for the Beehive Fireworks Festival. There, thousands of explosives are launched at participants like a swarm of bees stirred from their nest, hence the name. It is every bit as dangerous and fun as it sounds. And this year, 11 injuries were reported and a small fire took over a roof near the festival site. Fireworks zoom up above in all directions, sweeping close to more than 1,000 thrill-seekers geared up with helmets and protective gear. Thousands of explosives are set off in this hair-raising event. The Yanshui Beehive Fireworks Festival in Tainan has been scaled back this year due to COVID, but it's still as fun as every previous edition. This year, 125 batteries of fireworks were set off through the night to the delight of participants. The peculiar event resulted in 11 injuries, but none of the major. The explosives also started a small fire after hot firework fragments set a nearby roof alight. The city's Environmental Protection Bureau launched cleanup operations at 5 a.m., collecting 27 tons of rubbish. To be frank, it's not a small amount of waste, but this year we scaled back the events. We hope that in the coming days people will follow COVID guidelines. The Tainan mayor urged on festival goers to keep COVID guidelines in mind over the next few days. A service site has been set up outside the Yanshui District Health Station offering rapid tests. Starting today, everyone can come to Yanshui District Health Station to pick up a rapid test. Amid reports that infected COVID patients had visited the locality and the massive fireworks festival, the city government is offering 1,000 rapid tests to people that may need one.